Well, you want to bring us in, Mark? Big up to number 50. All right, yo, change it up since it's... Yeah, go ahead, whenever you're ready, buddy. All right, so uh, we are back. <laughs> do it the way you do it. Uh, so episode number 50 today. Congrats, buddy. Yeah. It's only taken us two years to do 50. Exactly. We're on a, uh, a good pace. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today's guest from Skype. We got uh, the violent Bob Ross himself, Luis, Luis or Luis Pena. I hope I'm not saying it wrong, but... Luis, yeah, no, Luis, okay. Luis Pena. Luis Pena. Pena. I don't know. Violent Bob Ross. Yeah. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. You know, uh, especially like being a part of the AK family. It's really cool for me. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. And, and I want to get into that, too, like how you got to AK. Obviously, you were an ultimate fighter with Daniel Cormier. Um, but. But I guess before that, what 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 got you started in, in the sport in general? Like you're 26, you just had a birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, I actually, so I started out uh, fighting at 20 um, when I was as an amateur and everything. And uh, the way I got into it, um, one of my teammates on the Ultimate Fighter, Bryce Mitchell, actually was getting ready for one of his last like <laughs> amateur fights, and he was going up against this dude that was supposed to be like this really highly touted college wrestler. And uh, I was, like, one of the better wrestlers from our area in Arkansas. And uh, one of my old high school rivals was, like, training with him and just hit me up one day and asked me if I would come in and help him out. And so I came in, and the rest is kind of history. You know, I just kind of stayed. I, uh, I, I just loved it. And then uh, I moved around at a couple of different gyms between uh, in Arkansas. And then I ended up moving to uh, St. Louis about three years ago, and I spent um, – Three years living at a gym in St. Louis, you know, making my way up. It's actually the first, the same gym Tyron Woodley got his start at. Okay. And uh, from there, um, you know, I, I just worked really hard. I, like I said, I actually lived there in the gym. You know, I was living in this room that's probably like the size of most people's closet. And um, I was just grinding. I saw my opportunity to make it on the Ultimate Fighter, and I took it, and they just, I, I ran with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome, man. And mm-hmm. it's crazy how many ultimate. You were in episode, I mean, uh, uh, season, what, 26, 27? 27. Yeah. 27. Season 27. <sighs> that makes me feel really old, man. There's, there's been 26, <laughs> 26 seasons of that show since I was 24. I was 24 on that show, and there was 26 seasons since then. That's yeah, but crazy. They do two seasons a year, so it's not like. But still, man, that's 70, crazy, huh? I think you're our first uh, guest that's been on The Ultimate Fighter, right? Um took us 50 it seems like that's not accurate but i mean i it can't think be. of anyone unless it was one of the well, definitely coaches I was 24 but when i was on the Ultimate fighter yeah is it so then yeah. then you went be, so was it because of cormier you went to after him being your coach is that why you went to aka uh not necessarily just because of dc um i actually hit it off more with the coach with his coaching staff like uh rosendo leandro duran um Coach Hobb, you know, all of them. Like, we all just hit it off really, really well, uh, especially me and Rosendo. Like, I, uh, especially since the, the show, me and him have, like, really built a, a special relationship. But, you know, I hit it off so well with all of them. Um, and then coming back home, I just knew I needed to, I needed uh, something more. I needed to be pushed harder uh, if I was going to really sustain, like, an, an actual UFC career. So it was easy to, to for me to make the move um, after the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's awesome. And then, uh, 
Yeah, I saw a video recently. I think it was on uh, AK's Instagram or something like that with Javier. Or, or yeah, Javier was kind of uh, correlating a, a little tiff between you and DC. DC was busting your balls with Rosindo, and it was something like that. You were sitting on the oh, side. Yeah, yeah. So how, how is yeah, it? Man, how right. is it with DC? Because he's always busting people's balls, and like it seems like things don't change. I, I was watching the video, and I was like, man, that's just that brings me back to AK right there. Oh no, no, nothing's changed, and I think that's honestly that's why I, I fit in so well here, just because that's the way I am, you know. That's that's the kind of guy I am. I'm I like to bust people's balls. I don't mind get mine busted. You know what I'm saying? So it's just uh, it, it feels like uh, like home. You know what I mean? It feels like I'm with my family, just like uh, conversating with them, just because just how how comfortable everyone is with each other and how open everyone is with each other. Like no one gets their feelings hurt. No one is. Uh, no, no one gets butt hurt over any of that stuff. Man, that's the that's the biggest thing for me. You know what I'm saying? Is like just being around guys like that that we can have fun with. You know what I'm saying? We can go out and have a good time. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, we're all there to push each other and chase the same dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you, man. So let's go back to the very beginning. Like, what was the very first martial art you got into? I mean, you were you were a wrestler, obviously. Was that the first thing that you did, kind of in combat sports? Oh, without a doubt. I never, uh, like, I never did any, like, traditional martial arts or any striking or anything growing up. And uh, I was about 13 when I started wrestling. And I remember um, I, was, I was always a huge, huge fan of, you, of the UFC and MMA in general. But, um, like, I remember even my senior year of high school, I won state and I had this notebook that I would write in all the time uh, to just to get my mind and my thoughts out. Um, and I told myself, like, I might take an MMA fight one day just to see if I could do it. Like, this was never really, like, a, the dream for me growing up. I just remember, um, like I said, you know, I went in there to help this dude get ready for a fight. And then slowly but surely, like, I just started to really fall in love with everything else, uh, with all the other aspects of it. Like, because, like, you, you can't learn everything in wrestling, but at the same time, you can kind of develop your style and, and get to this point where you feel like you're stagnating. And then I got into MMA, and it's just like you can never stop learning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I learned stuff today and still as old as I am just watching these people train. So how did you, like, obviously, like, in the NBA, you can't give yourself a nickname, you know, but it seems like MMA, it's okay. Where did you get, I mean, obviously the look of, well, except for right now, but when you have that fro working, yeah, right. what, uh, how did you get that nickname? Who gave it to you? So uh, I was actually getting ready for my fourth professional fight, and it was on uh, Flow Combat. They, they were going to be the ones, like, uh, broadcasting it. And, you know, just to promote the fight, they had tweeted out a bunch of pictures of me. And I guess some fan was like, who's Violent Bob Ross, or who's Bob <laughs> Ross's son here about the fight? And then Flow Combat tweeted back, that's not Bob Ross's son, that's Violent Bob Ross. And I was like, ooh, I like the sound of that. And I just kind of took it and ran with it. Nice. That's good, man. What was your nickname before? Uh, I was <laughs> Young Metro before that. because, uh, But uh, there's, a, there's a whole thing about that. So there was like Wait, this that was the name going around. Young, um, is it because like, of the way you dressed? No, 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 no. There's a whole story behind it. Um, there was this meme going around at the time. And um, it's, about, it's like this uh, music producer in the rap game right now. And so, like, like his intro is, like, if Young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. And so, like, the meme was, like, they were just changing all the different, like, if Young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to do whatever to you. So, like, I told me and my best friend, I was like, dude, if I take, because I had a fight right around then, I was like, if I take this guy out in the first round, 
I'm just going to snatch the mic from this uh, this local promoter who's kind of like known for being like a like talking a lot and everything. I was like, I'm going to just snatch the mic from him and be like, that's what happens when Young Metro don't trust you. And I did it. Like, no one, he didn't think I was going to do it. I took the dude out in the first round. I just and like he comes up to me to like to to give me like the old interview and I just snatched it and went went hard, dropped the mic and walked out and like the thing was it never would have been a thing if he didn't pick the mic up and just start like berating me as I was walking out like it would have never been this thing that turned into that but it became such a huge thing in St Louis where I was from where I was fighting at and uh, like people just started calling me on Metro it was no, nothing I ever did. But I remember before, and that was, like, before I really started growing my hair out. But then, like, the Violet Bob Ross thing completely eclipsed everything, like, any, any nickname I've ever had before. Yeah, I like it. No, that was good for sure. Yeah. It's interesting with your background not having traditional martial arts uh, and the striking aspects because your 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 style is is very. Uh, I like your style. I, I like I like the pressure that you keep um, and your kicks and things like, like you, you you have such good striking for someone that d- you know didn't have that that beginning. You know, so it's it's interesting that that you learn that as you. When do you think you picked up the the biggest um, boost in your striking? Um, without a doubt, I'll, I have to give. Uh my striking, I, I definitely have to give uh, a credit to where I first started, Westside MMA in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, my original boxing coach, Boris Washington, and then I had a really, really good MMA coach, Matt Hamilton. Both of them guys, um, they kind of sat me down and told me, like, look, kid, you're gonna have you're gonna have to learn the fundamentals before you want to get into this. And so, like, for six months, I was just doing like the most boring, basic boxing drills and stuff like that. But it gave me such a good foundation to build off of that, um, like once I started working with coaches and started teaching me more intricate stuff, I already had like a decent foundation of fundamentals. Like I, I'm, I've always been, uh, and because of them, and that's because of them. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always been the guy. Like I keep my hands up. I'm, all, I'm always thinking about my defenses. I'm always thinking about slipping punches or something after I throw or countering after I get hit. And that's because of them, um, without a doubt. Yeah, and you got good posture too. <laughs> as a side note, like I like your posture when you move forward, and when you keep that pressure on people, especially as tall as you are, you know it's imposing to have that kind of posture coming in. Then your hair is like another six inches, so <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, you're like this giant coming over. It's six two, six three, right? Six three, I think. Right? Six three. No, yeah, six three. That's a big one fifty five. Which exactly it like that's the thing too, is like I the reason I'm such a pressure fighter is because I know like once I'm putting the hands on you, I know eventually you're gonna shoot and I'm a wrestler, you know what I'm saying? And I like jujitsu, so I don't really mind if you shoot. I'm a like if I wanna keep it up, I'm gonna get you off me, hit you with an elbow or knee on the way out, and then we'll still keep striking. But if I wanna choke you out, like you just put yourself into my realm. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm always working with the fighters here, telling them to keep that pressure. I think it's it, people don't realize how exhausting that is. Like like when you're fighting somebody and I'll tell you the first person that really showed me uh, how bad pressure can be. And that was Kane. Like I, I would train with Kane and I didn't do much with Kane, obviously, wrestling wise. But we would like do even just the technique sparring before, you know, how we do it. AK, um, you know, you, you, you spar around a few rounds before you go in the, the other rooms. Um, and I would go with Kane and Kane would just be forward the entire time. And I think that in itself is just such a drain because, like, when you're having to back up into Kane, you ha- I have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, most strikers, I can kind of keep off and put the pressure on them. With Kane, he's so imposing. You know, it's like I have to back up. And then that pressure just starts, like, 
taking my cardio away and then he's landing the strikes which is going to obviously take the cardio away as well i wouldn't do it it's just demoralizing man like you can break people so fast with pressure and i don't know i just i I love i love seeing you do that just because man it's just such a great strategy to to break people you know i mean and the thing is is like it, it it seems like the biggest problem with that is people are afraid to get hit and when you're walking forward, you're you're in the way of you're in the line of getting hit and, and taking a strike. But once you can clear that out of your mind and understand that, okay, who cares? I'm going to move my head. I'm going to try to avoid the strike, keep my chin down, and if I do get hit, it's okay. It's fine. I'm going to just keep moving forward. When you get to that stage, that's when your level goes from like here to Eight right row. here because you know that that, tena- that tenacious attitude and mentality just crushes you know. And, and then now you're going forward, you're backing people up. They're fighting defensively, which means their power is not as good. You know, they don't have that, that knockout power usually. And, and then, you know, when you're defensive, you're, you know, you're, you're off your, you know, you're off your game a little bit. So you're not going to be as accurate and as, as perfect well, plus, with your timing and stuff. I mean, I'm 6'5", but I don't weigh, I'm 190 at the most I think I've ever been. Um, yeah. I couldn't imagine cutting 30, 35 pounds. I mean, what do you walk around at? It's got to be... Right. No, I probably walk around depends. So right now I'm probably like 170, 172. Before this last fight, I was about 187. Um, just depends, you know what I mean. I I, I can get up there, but uh, I like to keep myself when I'm out of camp. I like to keep myself around 175. That's I mean I, I couldn't do it. Not that's too bad. Kudos, but to that's, you guys. Yeah. that's still 30 pounds. From, yeah. How did you get on the Ultimate Fighter like like officially? Like when did you find out about it? When did you have the opportunity? And what was the process like? Like for us, it was the very first season, so I'm sure it was very unique to any other season. But I'm curious, like now 27 seasons in, like how did you how did you find out there was availability and, and apply? And and what was that process like of of screening you and stuff? So it's funny. Um, it was almost like I, I don't know how to put it. It was like a the way for me it was kind of like a movie. I'm sitting there cutting weight for this professional boxing match in uh, Little Rock, my hometown of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. It's actually the last time I've ever fought in Little Rock. And uh, I'm actually cutting weight. I'm cutting weight, in the, and I'm sitting there in the sauna um, just getting ready for this fight, and I'm scrolling through Instagram, and all of a sudden I see a flyer, and it says, the ultimate fighter undefeated. And right and at, my, uh, at the time, I was 4-0 in my MMA career, and I just looked through all the, I looked through the uh, the details and it said 145, 155, and 170. And I was like, I can do any of those three-way classes. I, I, was, I told myself, and then I told my girlfriend there at the time, she was sitting there in the sauna with me. I told her, I was like, this is how I'm going to make it in the UFC. Like, this is going to be what, what sets me on the path to the belt. And I remember just from then on, I was like, I was on it. I did everything I had to do. I went and talked to, like, for the first time, I like busted my ass to go get all, all the sponsors I needed to uh, to fund my to fund the trip. And so I flew out there. And the way we did it, um, they had uh, you had a ninety second grappling round with like just someone else in in your weight class that they, they just met randomly matched people up. And then you had to do uh, about two to three minutes on the tie pad. And then if you made it past those rounds, then you went on to the interviews. And if you made it past the interviews, you were there for the whole week to get, like, your medicals and background checks done. And then um, after they did all of that, they made, uh, like, the final cuts. And then from there, we all got sent home. And then they told us – that's when they told us, like, who actually made the show. And they sent us a camera. To like film our home lives and stuff. Oh wow! They sent you a camera. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So like when they sent us our contract to sign everything, we had like a camera and a bunch of other stuff. We had to like 
we had to, that's how and that's how they get the footage for what we're doing at home like before the the show um, we had to like go around like film ourselves uh, training living you know what I'm saying I had to get my girlfriend at the time my ex girlfriend and like a bunch of my training partners to film me it was really cool so what what kind of camera did they give you it was like a GoPro or, or was it like a normal no, it was a it was a really really nice camera. Um, it wasn't like you know some like a professional one, but it was just like an, an eight a little HD Samsung camera. You still have it? Yes, yeah, we can say. Tell me they didn't take it back when you got to the show. Oh no no no! They unfortunately they took it back. You didn't even get to keep the camera. Uh, no, I wish I wish. Hey, I've gotten quite a few other things since. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure you have. What uh what job were you doing at that point that you're glad you'll never go do again? Roofing. Roofing. <laughs> yeah. I did that yeah, for about a week. Fuck that. Um, for my old coach, and I'll never in my life go do that again. That's that's the one thing that kind of keeps me focused during camp, especially in these UFC fights, is like thinking about going back and have to get on that hot-ass roof. Never again. Never again. Yeah, that's I don't blame crazy. you. I did it for one week after Hurricane Ike hit Houston. Yeah? Because everybody needed a roof, so I thought it would be a good idea. No, way too much manual labor. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I feel you, buddy. That's crazy. So then, <laughs> so then you went to Vegas for the show, and then what was that like? Like, because did you had watched the, the the Ultimate Fighter the seasons before that and and followed it or not so much? Um, off and on. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I watched you know the first season. I probably watched the first ten seasons, like you know all the way through, and then from there I kind of watched sporadically. I remember the last season I really watched was the Claudia Ioana season because uh, my buddy Andrew, Andrew Sanchez was on it. He ended up winning. And um, it's funny, too. It's like me and my uh, biological mom's husband, we watched that whole season together uh, that summer. And I remember him, like him us talking about, oh, man, he'd be cool to be on The Ultimate Fighter. And then um, I remember my, my ex-girlfriend asked me, like, would you ever want to do The Ultimate Fighter? And I was like, hell no. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened, you know. I just saw it, and I, I the thing was, I saw that it was under like all, the Ultimate Fighter undefeated, and just my mindset when I saw that, I was like, I can beat. I had just beat like two other highly touted undefeated prospects, and the way I thought, I was like, man, none of these other dudes have ever probably ever put themselves in a position yet where they had to fight like another undefeated highly touted like number one prospect where they're from and i've already done that twice so i've got the mindset that like i'm going to just go in there and beat everyone's ass because all these other dudes are going to be afraid to lose and i'm just not i don't care that makes sense and then also if you're going to have those kind of fights might as well do it on tv you know if you're going to fight these guys anyway undefeated fighters might as well go go get some exposure for it so how exactly did y'all stay in the same house like, do you know? No, they changed it so many times. Uh, Sorry for all the questions on Ultimate Fighter. I'm just curious because like it's obviously yeah, been a long time since lots changed since season well, one. Yeah. Something funny. So DC stayed in the house that you stayed in. Oh, he did he? Yeah. So like the coaches, the coaches' house for our season was the seat, the house for the first season. Oh, cool. It was, pro- it was probably still trashed. I was, yeah, like, yeah. Walking in, I was like, oh shit, this is the house. Yeah. Leaving, still tearing it up. Uh, yeah. 
door knock man. <laughs> so what was it like when you got there and like y'all y'all started the show? Was it what you expected? And 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 what was your mentality when you were doing the show? Because in our season, you know, there was a lot of fighters in season one. You know, and our mentality was just to get in the fight. We didn't really come. You know, it seems like we were kind of more real fighters at that time. And then a few seasons after that, it was more people looking for the show and like trying to be on Getting TV kind break. of thing. So what was the mentality yeah. like for you in season twenty seven? Um. I would say most everybody was there to fight. You know what I'm saying? Most everyone was there to 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 take their opportunity to get in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, there's a couple guys there for just like you said for the show, for the reality aspect of it. But for the most part, we were all there to uh, for this opportunity. We all saw what it could be. We all saw the, the launching platform that this uh, this particular season could be with it being with the coaches being who they were with um the stipulations of the of the the season being what it was it was i think we all most of us uh saw what that was and saw you know that this could turn us into a, into some real stars and we we were all about it i mean don't get me wrong though um i love all the guys from from my season you know what i'm saying we're all really cool we used to all talk still but i mean you know how life is we all you know everyone drifts apart but uh, for the most part, you know, I, I love all the guys from the, our season, too. They were all great dudes. Any interesting stories that didn't get shown? Anything that happened in, in the house that they didn't uh, air? I'd say probably one of the most interesting stories that they didn't show um, was the fact that, like, so the day before weigh-ins, me and my opponent for our, our first-round fight, we couldn't, we couldn't sleep. And so I remember just like we, I woke up and he was just sitting there in the living room, and it was like 4 a.m. And uh, at that point, none, none of the cameramen were there. I don't think any producers were there because we, everyone else was asleep, and um, we just like cleaned the house together <laughs> like for, <laughs> for like a good two, two and a half hours. We just sat there and cleaned the house together, just like kind of going on, like just barely talking to each other. But like, I don't know how to put it. It was just—it was like a weird scenario, you know what I'm saying? Like there was just awkwardness. But at the same time, like we were both boys before we got in the house, so it wasn't like a real thing. And then uh, I just remember like doing that, and then literally, like by the time everyone woke up, me and him were just kind of on that like, all right, fuck you, <laughs> type yeah. thing. That's crazy, man. Me and Force used to make protein shakes at like two and three in the morning when the producers were all asleep. I don't know why we would just always wake up at the same time and go in the kitchen. And I remember he would make like really unhealthy ones. Like he would start out healthy, and then he would try to like shock me with what he's putting in and be like a sneaker or a snicker bar in there, or like ice cream or something, and like whatever he could <laughs> he find. Cool. He would like make it all healthy and then just throw stuff in there and then just blend it. Well, you, you did you have alcohol on your season? I mean, obviously you did, and we saw what happened. Oh yeah. Oh, y'all did too. Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna take that um, away. Yeah, I know that's good TV. Alcohol. Did alcohol have anything to do with the fact y'all were cleaning house at two in the morning? <laughs> No, but you should. I, that's another story I wish they would have shown. So, like, after they announced the semifinals, we had like a beer pong tournament. We stayed up till like four in the morning shooting dice. It was crazy. Nice. It's weird they didn't Every, show that. It was like everyone that realized their dreams were crushed just decided <laughs> to fucking party. God, that must have been some well, interesting, honest conversation. You uh, you got injured in your the quarterfinal fight, right? On the show. Yeah. yeah. What ha- what happened to your ankle? Yeah. Uh, it was my foot, so I broke the second metatarsal about halfway down my foot. Like I just completely snapped it in half with, on a head kick. Oh, damn. 
I kind of feel bad for the head too, though. You know, it sucks about your foot, but if you're gonna Dude, break your foot, you know, what's crazy is like that happened in the first round of that fight, and then we kept going for the second. And I remember DC sitting there trying, telling me to kick with my left foot, and I'm just like, I, I remember I hit him with a, I hit him with a front kick to the face, and I felt something like jab in my foot, and I was like, that does not feel good, and I, just, I completely stopped kicking. And DC, you can hear DC the whole time just screaming at me to kick. I remember I, I sat down um, in the corner after after the fight, and he's like, why didn't you kick? And I was like, man, my foot is fucking killing me. And then he looked at it, and it's just, like, completely swollen. I, can, I, can, I mean, I can't understand your pain on that, but I will say that the worst pain, I've, one of the worst pains I've felt, because, you know, when you fight, you don't feel pain too much right it's you usually feel the impact you feel the you know it makes you upset or something or or mad or angry but but you don't feel the actual pain but for whatever reason speaking of feet uh when chris lieben um started stomping my feet like after he started doing it and i didn't feel it so much and i was like oh who gives a shit like what what are you going to do with that but then he fractured both of my feet and when the fracture happened it literally yeah it, it felt horrible <laughs> you could feel like it felt like a knife like in both of my feet just like stuck that. there it was one of the like sharpest pains because you don't feel like you could probably attest this you don't feel really like sharp pains during a fight you feel like impact and maybe deep pain stuff like that obviously fatigue is the worst um but that was the first time i felt like sharp pains like i could literally feel them and i was like oh shit that's effective i was remember thinking in my head like fuck i gotta remember this because like that's an actual effective move to like really take someone off their game so so long story short I think feet are kind of, for whatever reason, I, I can imagine what it you must feel like to have your foot broken because you can feel that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you can feel other things. Too, like, like every time, every time I'm, I like, every time you step, especially with, with what I broke, being that, like, because it's the, so I broke the, like, the left, the, uh, on my left foot, not the big toe, but the toe right next to that. Right about halfway down my foot so like every time i bounced in my oh, stance i could just feel like that like the the jab of of, of like the stinging pain of where the the fracture was just hitting each other over and over again i'm like man what is going on because all that's all i could like like you said you don't ever really feel those stinging pains when you're in a fight because your adrenaline but then like i don't know what it was i just remember and like if you you watch the fight back i just start, i get real flat footed and just start boxing and like that's I, I've never really felt anything more painful except the time I broke my orbital. That was that was. Pretty oh, I can painful. imagine that. that. Probably gonna suck. See, it's, it's unfortunate that you're so young. Because if you were if you were my age, I would have went straight to the the Daniel Sun crane kick from Karate Kid. <laughs> like if I were you and I had the broke foot, that would have been my go to move because that was the reason I got into I got into martial arts. Karate Kid was a movie. Yeah, he doesn't understand because yeah. he's, he's younger. You but don't see, think I know Daniel LaRusso? Yeah, so oh, like, yeah, there you. you go. All right, so uh, they have a that's TV a, show with him now. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because he, he brought up the rap game earlier. Oh, yeah. But, and then I was like, everybody in our rap game, we are dead now. Yeah. You know? It's like, shit, man. We, I don't know any of these new rappers. Did so. you did you think yeah, about the... the I'm a huge... Like, I'm a just big music head. I probably listen to some guys that you, you guys used to listen to. Like, Eric B. and Rock is probably my favorite artist. Who? It's that's actually before us. What? <laughs> yeah, that was before that's, us. <laughs> I don't even know that, dude. <laughs> Eric yeah. B and Rockem is probably the greatest. Rockem is probably the greatest lyricist of all time. Okay, he's from, uh, I want to say. I think I need mean, to. He's from '80s, like his era. Yeah, that's 80s. what I'm saying. We, well, I mean, we were born in 1980 or '79, but, but no, we're uh, we're Tupac guys. Okay, okay. See, I'm a big Pac fan myself. Okay, good. All right, <laughs> you can come to Thailand now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, that beer pong and all stuff, you did just have a birthday, July fifth, right? In the big old uh, 
26 years old. Yeah. Fuck. What is it? Yeah. What did you do for your? What does a 26 year old do now, for their birthday? Uh, so I I went back home to Little Rock. You know, big big fan to go get your have your birthday in. But I went home to Little Rock and uh, I threw just I just threw a bunch a really huge party for my friends. I uh, I rented like a presidential suite in this really nice hotel downtown. I got two two clubs in uh, Little Rock to throw birthday parties for me. Uh, one was a regular club, one was a strip club, and then I just took a bunch of like twenty of my friends out, and uh, we had like the VIP experience the whole time. I just pretty much when they all had like they got me like a free tab, so I just had my friends just get like free drinks and everything. It was a great time. Like that was the thing for me. It's like this is the first time I've really been able to like uh, like celebrate like anything like whether it be my fights or my birthday or anything like that since uh, my career started with all my friends, and I, I kind of just took all the people that uh, have stuck by me and kind of been, like, supporting me from the time that, like, I first started this. All the people that, that knew that I was going to be able to do this, like, that didn't, that the people that truly believed, like, it wasn't just a dream, like, it was just a matter of time for me being here. I took all those people and I just showed them, like, the best time I possibly could. Good, because I'm trying to gauge how we're going to hang out when you get here. <laughs> So now we know. Now we know. We so, oh, note taken. Yeah. Duly noted. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. We, uh, yeah. So my birthday was the fifth, and I don't think we stopped till the seventh. So. Nice. Wow. Ought to be 26 wow. again. So huh? you're hungover now. <laughs> no, no. I actually sparred, dude. For, my, for the weekend I had to walk in and spar Islam Makachev and Habib today, I felt pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Khabib's getting ready. So, I mean, he's only got, was it? Less than two months now. Yeah, September seventh. Yeah, he's got two months. Two months till uh, yeah, this this Monday or this Sunday is two months. So how is it training alongside guys like that, getting ready for your fight? I mean, your 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 training partners are like, well, especially Khabib, the the best fighter in the world. So is in that weight class. So like, how how is that? So I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I first got here to AK, it was a little like it was it was like a little mind blowing, you know. Uh, Starstruck is probably the best word for it. You know, I'm, like, I remember I'm in there. I remember the very first time Hob asked me to spar Habib. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to spar the champ. But now I remember coming in today and it was like, the the one thing on my mind is like, I want to go give Habib the grounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, find, I feel like I finally turned that leap from like being this dude in the gym. I was like, oh my God, I'm training with Habib. I'm training with DC. I'm training with Kane. To being this dude that's like, no, nah, I'm 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 with these guys. Like I I am in the UFC. I'm a UFC vet. I'm a UFC star. People want to see me. So I like I feel feel like I finally have my own swagger in there. I have my own like groove. I'm not I'm not afraid to go in there and spar with the B. I'm not afraid to go in there and spar with these guys. Like I want to give them the work. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I want to see now. Yeah, man, that brings me back, and it's it's like so it's so crazy to see that nothing's changed technically as far as like that that whole thing with aka because like i mean i was there jesus christ it was like when i was just getting in the ufc that was man that was a long. i can't even know how many years ago that was it was a long time ago and it was the same thing for me because we had uh john fitch we had koscheck jake shields was coming in from san francisco so like when i was getting ready for, for fights i mean training with fitch koscheck and shields that that was all three of those guys were in the top five of my entire career so it's like when I was switching off with those guys, you know, and whoever I was fighting, it didn't matter. There was no one I was going to fight that was better than the guys I was training with the gym. And it was like that that was a confidence builder for me, switching off between Koscheck and Fitch and Koscheck and Fitch for, for three or four rounds. And then I'm preparing to fight somebody who's ranked like 
10th or 12th or 15th or whatever the case, you know, and it's like now with you, it's like you're training with Khabib and like, I mean, there's just no one better you could fight. So it's like you're, you know, that's the one thing about AK that I love is like your training partners are the best fighters in the world. And then like there's nothing better for your confidence and, and technique, obviously, getting ready for a fight than that. Oh, without a doubt. You know what I'm saying? And then the thing is, not only do we have guys like Khabib, but we have guys that no one even knows, like your boy Salim. That's yeah. my, he's my number one sparring partner. You know what I'm saying? He's the dude I would, without a doubt, Salim has got me, is, is the number one dude that's got me ready for every single one of my fights that I've been in at AKA. And I, I, I got to thank you for what you did with him because without him, man, I would not be the, the striker and the dude, the, not even a striker, but the, I would have the fighting mentality that I do now since being at, at, at AKA without training with him. Dude, how crazy is that guy? He's, I mean, he's just a fighter through and through, huh? He's younger than you. He's younger than me? Yeah. Yeah, he's young, man. He's like Salim's 20. Younger than me? Four, maybe now, the latest. There's no way he's 26 for sure. Who? Salim, there's no way. Oh. Yeah, he's, 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 he's probably 23, 24. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's 23, 24. He was a kid when he came down. Yeah, he was 18 with us. We haven't been open that long. Damn. The, the thing is with Salim, man, Salim would yeah. train his ass off, and, and he would do, I mean, he would do MMA training with us at, at, at 11, and then he would do Muay Thai in the evenings at four and, and he'd be sparring almost two times a day. We'd have to slow him down. Air and then he was take Yeah. Then air down at five. Then he was taking Muay Thai fights against Thai fighters locally for fun on the weekends. So he, he was just going out fighting Muay Thai fights almost every, like every couple yeah. weeks, like just for fun and like full, full blown pro Muay Thai in the stadiums. And that was what he did just to get, you know, that was his. So, I mean, the amount of like, he's a great example. And what you're saying is a great testament to that. He's a great example of how well you can pre get prepared and, and increase your, I guess your career when you're just fighting and training all the yeah. time. That's all he did was train and fight. So he probably had six years of experience and three years, you know, as far as training goes, because he was just fighting and training every single day. And see, that's funny that you say that, and that the like what you said earlier about like me not really having a traditional like martial arts or striking background. Um, that's essentially what I did for about three years living in that gym in St. Louis. I was when I was uh, as an amateur, dude. I was fighting almost every weekend, whether it be boxing, kickboxing, MMA, Muay Thai. Like I found, like I just wanted to fight, just like him. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what it was. Uh, I rarely ever took damage, and you know, as an amateur, you can just fight all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, and then uh, like the kickboxing rules as an amateur in, in Missouri, there weren't no there were no shin pads or or headgear or anything. I was fighting full pro rules essentially. So it was like that that was I, I understand that, I, and I feel like that's 100% how I how I was able to develop my uh, my um, striking and that that pressure style. Is, like you said, when you're when you're not afraid to get hit, when you've been in there so so many times, you can just keep walking forward. Even if they do hit you, it, it doesn't affect you. You keep walking forward. That's just, like you said, that demoralizes people. And I think just like you said, I think the that the just fighting, having that experience in there, that's the only the only way you truly build that. Yeah. Did you, Did you tell Salim you're going to be on the show? Oh no, I didn't actually. I should have. What? How have you not been bragging? We got to get we got to get uh, Salim on the show, man. Cause yeah. His English has gotten crazy good since he's been to AK. His English has gotten really good, dude. Salim's my boy. It's yeah. funny. He's, he's the funniest, one of the funniest guys in the gym, too. Yeah, yeah we miss him for he's sure, so, man. Yeah, he's, I bet you guys do. He's he's a real dude. Like I said, he's probably he's one been one of the biggest assets to uh, to help me like grow here. It's crazy. He got like a Bellator contract. 
I was talking to Hava about it a while back, but like over a year ago and just hasn't had a fight. And now I think I he's... I wonder why. I don't know. Is he still with Bellator? Do you know why he hasn't had a fight? Because I was asking Hava and they just said they haven't booked him. I heard it had something to do with visa issues, but I, from what I understand, he's got something coming up in like September or October in Packerville, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, cool, man. So you will be seeing Salim here soon on, on a Bellator card. And... Uh, well, actually, you will be seeing him murder someone here soon. Okay, yeah. For a car. yeah, you have been so, waiting you know, for that. <laughs> when that dude gets goes in the cage in the cage room to spar, it's like it's like he's he's getting ready to go fight. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like when the when the bright lights are on. He's he just I know he's the kind of dude that's just going to perform. You know what I'm saying? He's a he's a showman. <laughs> yeah, is he still doing the cartwheel, kick, jump, spinning back, flying fist? Shit he makes up in midair. He taught me, dude. He taught me how to cartwheel kick. Now I hit people with it. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Because like we, he left, and and we sent you know obviously to headquarters, and I was just waiting to see him compete and and, and just see the the mess that he creates, you know, like like in his career in a good way. Oh. And and like it's, nothing's happened because he hasn't been able to fight. And like seeing somebody fight every weekend here, spar every day, yeah. and then go to AK headquarters, and I don't see anything for like a year. I'm just like, fuck, man, what is he doing? Like like how is he getting by not being able to fight? So it's like he's been pinned up for like a year. And like I think he's gonna he's gonna shake the world, man. I think he's got a lot of potential, and he's so young. Like you said, I, I forget how old he is, but he's got to be low twenties, like twenty two maybe at the most. He's 20, 25? 25. Is he twenty five? Okay, so he's twenty five. Our oh, statistician. Wow. Mr. But the thing is, I mean, he's got the world that is in his hands, man. He really does. He's gonna he's gonna no, make an impact. Doubt. I uh, that's that's what we all talk about at the gym is like, when are we gonna be able to finally see this killer unleashed on someone? You know what I'm saying? I'm just glad it's finally happening here soon. Yeah, that's going to be I can't wait, man. And what'd you say Thackerville, Oklahoma? I'm pretty sure uh we were talking today and someone said that they I think it's not cuz they have a they have a, a card in Thackerville this weekend and I think it's going to be the next one. I think and I think that's in September or October and uh they were saying that that's kind of when they're looking to fit him in. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you mentioned real quick just the so from being on Ultimate Fighter I can attest to like how it so when you first get in the UFC, it's obviously an exciting experience when you get your first UFC fight and, and you know that you've kind of arrived to the UFC. Being on the Ultimate Fighter, it kind of gets spread out a little bit. So it's like it's, it's hard to realize where that moment was where you finally made it because you're on the Ultimate Fighter, you're training, you're having exhibition fights, then the exhibition fights aren't really fights, but they are. Then you get in the UFC and you have a fight. So when was your moment where you like knew you arrived to the UFC and you were just like, you, you took that long shower where you're just like, Oh, like that relief, you know, and like just just thinking about the, you know, where you're at and and how you got there. So don't get me wrong, you know, like winning, like I I've had um three and one in the UFC, and I so like all my fights they've been like they've been good, and you know I won the fifty thousand dollar bonus in my debut, but I'm not gonna lie, I don't necessarily feel like I truly arrived in the UFC. And like, kind of made my mark until this last fight, this Wyman fight. Um, just because, like, you know, and there's still doubts, but every time I fought, you know, there was like, oh, you know, I didn't, I made, or I missed weight at 45. I lost against Trezana. And then my, uh, my debut, you know, everyone's like, oh, I was just an ultimate fighter guy. But I feel like this last, this last fight, just the way I was able to come out and, um, and, and just like dominate from bell to bell, I think I really finally like showed people like, all right, this kid's for real. Like this kid, uh, not only can he go out there and hang with these veterans, but like 
he's a problem. Like he's he's dangerous, and I think that's that's uh, that's like kind of the moment for me to like solidify myself. Because the biggest thing for me too is like after every single one of my fights, I always had guys chirping at me on Twitter. Hmm. Someone was always coming at me. Someone was always trying to call me out. Yada yada yada. But after this last one, not a single person had me in their mentions. And I have a feel, I have a feeling it's because they saw what I did, and they know it can happen to them. Nice. Yeah, and you're talking about uh, an OG that you know had a good career, yeah, man. Wyman. He, and not only that, but you know when he left a while back before he came back to fight you, I mean, he he won a, a lot of his fights. I mean, it was something like six of his last eight fights or something. something like so, that, I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't like he was losing and like and and was kind of forced out and, and didn't have any other yeah, options. I mean, his this last is a guy who's he's done a, he's done a lot of yeah, good yeah, stuff, no, man. Was it was a, a tough fight. He was on a three fight win streak before yeah. he left. That's good, man. And then he had just beat Isaac Valley Flag in his last fight. And I think um, his last loss was to TJ Grant, and that was like a number one contender. Yeah, he's fight. a tough fighter. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, for me, it was like it was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, he was out for however long," but when I saw Matt Wyman on the on the contract, like that was a big deal to me because it's like I watched that guy. Um, my co- like I remember my coaches, tons of people that you know I know that are huge in the sport. It's like they've watched this dude and for them this is like i remember a bunch of my friends everyone like for them this was like that moment you know where they get to see like all right you know can he can he go in there and fight like with these real dudes and so for my friends and my family to see me put on the performance i did like not only did it it validate myself for me but it validated myself for them like man like i think like like i am going to have a long career i am going to be a star in the sport that's awesome. What's your what's your thing to reflect? Like, what do you do to reflect? Like, I know I just talked about a shower. You are probably looking at me like, what the fuck is he talking about a shower? No, I take long showers all that, the time. That's like my thing. Like, after a UFC fight, you, you take a shower to clean up. And that's like my, my thing to just sit there and reflect. Like, wow, I can't believe, you know, and I reflect the fight and what it took to get there. Be it a win or a loss, it's either a good reflection or a bad reflection. What's like your time where you just kind of, like after the Wyman fight, where you just sat down and were like, fuck, man, I just, I just demolished a, a veteran in the sport and the UFC. That's funny. I uh, so like it's almost immediately, man. Like I get out of the cage and it's like I have my little, I have my time with um, with uh, my family and everything. Walking to walking to the back, and by the time I get to the back, my mind's just racing, thinking about all the things I could have did better. I'm yeah. sitting there in the medical chair, and me, Ron, and Rosendo are, are like talking, and they're telling me all the good things I did, and I'm like, Nah, man, see. For me, I'm like I, I was like I, and I told him I was like, man, I could have I could have just let that dude up, and I, if I would have believed in my striking, I could have let him up. I probably could have got him out of there in the first or the second, but I was too content with like with just winning where I because I was I was on top of him, I'm raining down ground and pound, I'm winning. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm winning that, but I could have like I could have got him out of there, and like that's that's the kind of guy I am. Like I immediately think about all the things, all the mistakes I made, all the, all the ways I could have done better, all the ways I could have, have like maybe finished it faster. Or if I got the decision, maybe all the ways I could have gotten the finish or the, the moments where I know I told myself, man, I'm tired. So I pulled off a little bit. And then instead of going, instead of just biting down and going forward, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the, the things I think about, like, and that's like literally immediately after the fight. And it's funny. Cause like Ron and Roe are sitting there like trying to tell me like, dude, you just had the best performance I've ever seen. Like, enjoy it. And I'm like, but how? 
good attitude to have. Yeah, that's good, man. <clears throat> so what's good to be that way for sure. I was gonna say. So who do you want next? And you can't say I'll fight anybody because we know you will. You gotta. You don't necessarily. You don't have, have any right books now. or anything, do you? Yeah, like what's next for you? Who do you no, want? I, I don't like that. have anything booked. We're looking. We're definitely looking at uh, at a couple of guys. Um, my management team is looking at getting me back sometime in October, maybe uh, late September. But uh, two guys that have popped up on my radar, Matt Frivola and uh, Jared Gordon, I think um, I match up really well with both of them. And I also think we're both kind of near each other when it comes to uh, where our careers are at. And I think, I, I think it's a great matchup for either of us. For, like, I think either one of those guys is a great matchup. I think we both, I think the, the three of us all like to come to fight. So, you know, no matter who um, who I were to fight out of those two, it, it really doesn't matter to me. But I think those two guys uh, specifically, like, look like the best matchups right now. Cool. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's it's, it's good, man. <laughs> I mean, you got, you, you, so, I'm so envious of being young in the career that's like you, saying. right, we, in the UFC and three and one. And, like, you know, it's like, that's so cool. Most aren't this young. You might yeah. be our youngest guest, right? How old's I'm Walker? Not, I don't know. Besides him. Well, Manel's 20. But they're the same situation, kind of, Walker. But yeah. He's had a few yeah. fights in UFC, too. So I know we've talked a lot about fighting. So just real quick before I let you go, um, just for the people that's wanting to get to know the violent Bob Ross, personally, i got to ask you a few other questions outside of fighting. So wh- what do you do for fun? Like, wh- what, is, what does uh, Luis Pena do for, for relaxing and just uh, get your mind off fighting and stuff? So I'm a, I'm a huge gamer. I like to I like to play a lot of video games. You know what I'm saying? I got a, a, a Nintendo Switch and a PlayStation 4 and a Nintendo DS. I'm constantly on on uh, I don't even know what on the are. games. I got Switch. I'm on and like that. The thing too is like I'm not playing just like sports games and stuff like that. Like I'm a huge nerd. Like I play everything. Like my favorite stuff is like Skyrim and The, the Witcher stuff like that. Uh, I play a lot of Call of Duty. Um, that and then like so I just bought a new car and I put two 12s in it. I'm a big music head so i got i honestly i like just going around riding my car and driving my car and uh, listening to music stuff like that i gotta ask what kind of car and what kind of 12s i come i used to be commercial sales car audio i'm just curious what kind of car and what kind of 12s <laughs> don't ever tell uh, anybody that yeah. again <laughs> yeah yeah it was an old job of mine i i, it was an, <laughs> I think it's an 08 bmw uh 350i series nice and uh i got two jl 12s in the back w what sevens what kind of JL? No, no, no. JL Audios. Yeah, I'm I know. Not sure. Well, I there's, there's W0, W1, W3, W7. I think they're W7. Is the magnet real huge on the back? Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, probably W7. That's, those are nice, real nice. Anyway, sorry. Just, uh, yeah, you know, I used to do it back Much in the day. And all I know is when I roll up anywhere, everyone's head turns. <laughs> nice, man. Exactly. And, and what about what about TV shows? What are you into? Do you watch much TV or? Uh, I do. I mean, not nearly as much as I used to, but I, I do watch a lot of TV. So, like, I watch TV here and there. Um, I, I'd say probably my favorite TV show right now is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's probably one thing I always, I just always turn on and just to laugh at. And um, I'm, I've always been a big uh, King of the Hill fan just because it reminds me of growing up in Arkansas. <laughs> That's Texas where we grew up. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, like, I... I tell people all the time, it's like, because I, I know a lot of people, like a lot of my friends just don't get it, and I'm like, man, if you grew up in the South, King of the Hill is probably like your favorite show, just because it it, it's, it reminds me so much of my childhood. 
That's awesome, man. That's so sick. <laughs> good shows. And then finally, uh, last question is, when are you going to come to Thailand and train at AK Thailand and take a vacation and and enjoy some time off? I was actually thinking sometime this winter would be not, would be the perfect time to come down. I uh, I really like. It's not. I'm not. It's not that I'm not close to my family or anything. I just don't do a lot of traveling like that at all. So like, I'm always free. And I've all like. I think uh, Matt and I don't like the cold. So the winter time sounds like a perfect time to come in and uh, enjoy see Thailand. But I've never been. I've never been to Asia before actually either. Nice. You'll so love it here, like man. A, That's why we conveniently like a make it. List. That's why we conveniently make it uh, about training. So it's officially work for you guys that want to come out here. It's not necessarily okay. a vacation. You can <laughs> you can say you got to work and then come out here for training, and then all of a sudden you can see this exactly. amusing, beautiful place. Exactly. So yeah, man, we look forward to having you out here sometime, man. I think you're gonna like it. And you can kind of see where uh, where Salim came up at. Hopefully, Salim can even come out here. That'd be sweet. He said yeah. he wants to come back eventually here too, sometime soon. But Hav uh, may come back. You said Hav, yeah. Hav's tough, man, because he's got so many fighters yeah. that he's always getting ready. But, uh, yeah, we'll love to have you out here, man. You would love training here. We can take the boat out to the islands. Good food. Dude, I'd love to come out, man. Um, I just j- – just uh, just seeing what Salim is able to do and seeing, like, the way he is, like, I know that's something I have to do is make it out there just, just to be able to experience y'all's training, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think it's – I think – not only that, but I think my style really, really would mesh well with yours. You know, we have very, very similar body styles, especially for the weight class we both fought in. Um, I think I could learn a lot from you. You know what I mean? I think it'd be just, I think it'd be perfect for me. I'm old, man. <laughs> I, my, I, I give you old school advice. Yeah. <laughs> He'll teach you how to wall walk. Uh, yeah, I can. Because that's his thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> cool man well hey it's awesome having you on the show and uh man i appreciate you taking the time out and uh yeah great conversation man it brings me back so I, it was like a nice reflection or reflecting time for me to kind of like man i remember when i was where you were you know like just getting in the ufc having a few fights being at aka so it's like for me this is like a a cool reminiscent podcast so mm-hmm. yeah awesome man cool. i appreciate it yeah like, thanks for uh, coming on man especially from a guy like you like that i watched like I was I was a huge Mike Swick fan, you know. The Swickatine was like Thanks, that's, that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like I remember all that. So like coming from a guy like you, that means a lot. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I'm I'm loving watching your fights too, man, and, and I see the sky is the limit for you. So it's gonna be great to see where you go. And man, everyone that's been a guest on the podcast has done quite well. So mm. you're in good hands now, man. You got you got the podcast vibes. Hey. I uh, I intend to keep that keep that ball rolling for y'all then. Yeah, it's the opposite of the Madden curse. Are you are you old enough to know? Hey, that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I trust me. I know the man curse. I know the man curse. Complete opposite. Yeah, being Michael Vick's Michael probably the, uh, the worst defender. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Peyton Hillis. He He's changing oh, tires the year yeah, after that. I do, I, yeah, I remember Peyton Hillis. Yeah, That's nobody does. Cousin. That dude was from Arkansas, too. Cause, oh, uh, no, I feel I, bad. I remember that one really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we'll let you go. So thanks a lot again, and uh, we'll stay in touch. And tell Salim we said hi. All right, Mike, I appreciate it. Once again, thanks for having me on. No, most definitely. I'll let Salim know. I'll see you tomorrow, actually. All right, buddy. Good luck with your training, and we'll be watching you fight. Later, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, man. Appreciate Take care, it. buddy. All right, man. What a what a cool uh, experience for me, going back down memory lane. You yeah. know? Pretty uh, pretty similar paths y'all took, if Very. you think about it. 
you know? Like, it's not even like, I mean, obviously he trains with Salim. I had Kostchik and Fitch. I mean, there's, there's differences as far as like, you know, the names of the fighters and things like that. But dude, like the actual experience is almost like exact. It's crazy. It's crazy. Same age, same amount of fights in the UFC, training at AKA, getting ready, you know, that, that, you know, I can, I can feel that motivation and hunger he has, you know, like he's he got a good now, attitude too. He so. just now had that Wyman fight and got, you know, over that hump of like, okay, I'm here. And like, he's still putting pressure on himself and he wants, you know, it, man, I, it's, it's cool, man. Yeah. Hopefully, man, when he gets here, we'll show him a good time, obviously. Yeah. But I think he'll show us a good time. He's, I really like that guy. So I'm glad he came on. That's a cool thing about having the show and, and, and bringing these guys on that, you know, before well before his, his you know obviously he just had a couple of fights in the UFC so I've seen him fight but I didn't know anything about him you yeah. know like as far as nobody does just from Celine or from uh, Javier and and watching his fight so it's cool like not only opening him up to everyone else where they can see who he is and, and what he's about but being here firsthand talking to him it's cool for me man being able to like yeah. meet these guys and and see their personalities and he's he's a good dude man and like I, I wish the best for him and it was cool. I think we, we got a lot of good information out of him that that uh, kind of let us know who the real violent Bob Ross is. Yeah. A lot of non-fight-related stuff, too, which is what I like. So Speakers. Good. Uh, you, you had your little field day over there. Yeah, man, I haven't talked to speakers. A, and I was a salesman at the speaker surplus store. I was the assistant commercial sales manager. Oh, don't ever tell people that, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I knew, oh, my God, after you said that long title that you had at the – Whatever you just called it, I knew when he started talking about it, you were gonna be like, "Well, was that the RJ74 model?" Okay, hold on, look, was like you don't exactly understand. Exactly this size. You don't understand. He was even like, "Dude, man, I don't care." Fucking speaker in my car. He knows. He knows. If he would have got the W zeros, that are, are <laughs> there. Bullshit. You go again, dude. I'm telling you, buddy. Those are kind of rare. Pretty expensive. They're professional. I mean, you have to, fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> okay man that was a year of my life doing that so dude, i'm telling hey it was good to see you have your highlight of the podcast dude that was my could, highlight where you of could the shine listening as long as they have jw 047s or whatever yeah, they can hear all this there great conversation oh, bring up fitch and cost you gonna name drop again <laughs> <laughs> i name drop people you name drop speakers yeah <laughs> car audio they're not speakers anymore oh my god all right anyway man. well so anyway that was good man good conversation and yeah it's it's cool that uh He's a gamer because, like, you know, it's funny is like, dude, there's so many fighters in a gaming. I know he said it in a way like, I know this is crazy, but I'm a gamer. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, every fighter's a game. Like, everybody that age, man. I, I was, I played games when I was a fighter. It's like when you're a fighter, you're trying to get your mind off things. And I, I grew up in Texas. I was like, I actually went outside, unlike kids of today. You know, we, we went you, outside. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, no. there was like grass and like animals and stuff. It wasn't like today where you, you know, you, you're a kid and you just sit inside playing video games all day for the most part. But uh, yeah, that's what I did as a, as a kid. Obviously, you know. And uh, what's I still got into video games, Call of Duty. I was playing all kinds of games in my career. And even when you were here. When I was getting ready for uh, my last fight, I was playing like Grand Theft Auto and stuff because it just gets you out of like yeah. the world, well, you, the, the real world. And you get but when people do it for fourteen hours a day, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And what's a Nintendo Switch? I have no idea. He he named all kinds of stuff I never heard of. All yeah. I'm thinking about is the VR that Johnny Walker's bringing over. Oh yeah, the is PS4 VR. Yeah, he came back. I think he's back today. today. Maybe. Well, I mean, it's not like we're going to have a strip club and a, a regular club and a penthouse suite. and all that. So we might as well play VR like the kids. So Virtual reality. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, good podcast and uh, good guests. And hopefully he'll keep uh, keep in touch and get out yeah, here I and have some will. fun. It'd be cool if he comes in the winter. 
or his winter. What's perfect for him because he doesn't like cold weather. Mm-hmm. And winter, obviously, in America is summer for us. It's, it's peak time. So if he fights in October, maybe come in November, it'd be perfect. Yeah. Cool. All right. So a big shout out to our sponsors, June U, Starfish Concept, always a big sponsor of the gym, supporter, and uh, also uh, AK Thailand. Uh, another thing to note for, for you guys that are watching the show that are thinking about coming to AK Thailand or, or possibly coming, it's not just fighters. And, and I think that's a question we get more than any question is, uh, you know, do, can I go to your gym? They think that it's not even open to the public and, and they think that it's like, uh, you know, you have to be a fighter or like a, a serious uh, definitely. Look, we signed person. up two uh, four-year-old twins. Yeah. So, I mean, the majority of our guests at AK Thailand are not fighters. They're they're everyday people that come here that have been watching us on social media, and they want to just come get the experience. Um, we have a comedian in now who who who, who tours the, the country doing comedy. They came here just to get away and have fun and train and, and fighting, and, and she actually wants to fight. It's a female. Yeah. She actually wants to fight. So, yeah, we, we get all types of people in here, and, and, you know, so definitely to answer your questions, uh, you don't have to be a fighter, and you don't have to be some crazy I'm here. athletic person. I mean, I, Mark works there. Look at him. Yeah, I'm crazy athletic, just How many not times have you trained in your life? You could, you could hold on one hand, probably. Zero. Yeah, I don't need hands. Yeah, <laughs> zero. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and we have guests that uh, have the same experience as Mark here, and they have a great time. So anyway, if you <laughs> wow. need more information about the gym, this we have a just bash on Mark, huh? <laughs> nice little, nice little commercial for you right here. Ready? You want to bring in the commercial? Oh wait, wait. Yeah, then wait, wait. Connect, and that was the commercial. Then we. Good. All right. Good commercial, huh? <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you next time. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. can train mixed martial arts here, jiu-jitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. I'm telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on.